Welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number 65, The Talking Dead. It's an okay pun. I learned in the course of the podcast that I'm not the first to make that pun, which is sad. A sad story. Well, in this episode, Daniel is pregnant. Well, not him, uh, but Danielle is pregnant. They're having a baby. Um, So we discuss uh, that announcement. Um, and I ask some questions about his impending fatherhood or his current fatherhood or whatever. Um, so that makes for some interesting discussion, although it's, it will become more interesting once uh, the kid is actually born. And then uh, we talk about a, another hike I did. Not a very exciting story, but it made for some laughs about me and my umbrella. And then we talk about zombies Daniel finished The Walking Dead, uh, and I have opinions on zombies as a genre, and so we talked about that for a while, and uh, it was pretty fun. A pretty fun, snappy episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Third Space Podcast, Third Space Podcast, Third Space Podcast, Third Space Podcast. In it. Hi. Guess what? Uh, what? Danielle's pregnant. I'm having a baby. We're... I'm gonna be dad. You're expecting. I'm expecting. Or I'm reading a book called The Expectant Father, or I put down a book recently called The Expectant <laughs> Father. I'm finding, I'm finding these books not to be... Well, they're, they're useful. Um, but right now, I'm not in the right headspace for it. So, or I'm sampling, I guess, until one grabs me. So, yeah. Uh, congrats, congrats on yeah. your, uh, your progeny, future progeny. Thank you. Your genetic line is not a dead end. That's, uh, yes. <laughs> that's your purpose. Now you, now you have no purpose left, right? You've reproduced. I've, I've done my purpose and now I just, yeah, I all of a sudden have just an existential threat. Like I did it. And <laughs> I did it. I did it. Did and it. now what? And now what? Um, uh, when is the baby due? Actually, the... Projected to date is April third. It was initially April first, and we went to the doctor, and they said April third. So oh man, pretty April specific 1st. to shift from April Fools to the the third. But I'm kind of happy. I don't know. April first was kind of kind of fun, but you know, it's also like, did, is this a joke? Yeah. <laughs> um, when do you know? When do you know if it's going to be a boy or a girl? Or are um, you are you and Danielle going to do the boy or girl thing? Is it going to be a baby? I'm they, totally a baby? not guessing. No, I'm not not doing the baby thing. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I've not heard that phrase, and I hate it so much immediately. Um, well, it is a little bit presumptive of you, isn't it? To believe that they could even be born born a boy or a girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, when do you know? I we we will know. So we're going to go on September seventh. Uh, which is not far away, and then we're going to get the genetics testing and go ahead and ask for the gender too. Um, and so then they, so a week from the seventh, essentially, they'll probably come back with the results and say it's a boy or it's a girl or whatever. Neat. So, what if it's yeah. twins? We know that it's not twins. But what right if it now. is? Um, what if it cha- that changes? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then I would go, wow, uh, that uh, automatically makes you a high-risk pregnancy. So there's some like safety 
issue with that. But, you know, I think ha- like so many pregnancies are considered high risk for various reasons and whatnot. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I would, I would, I don't know how I would feel. Di- it feels like I should feel very different. Like, oh no, yeah, two you, are on the way. You, yeah, you know? if you went into the doctor's office on uh, whenever you said September the 14th or whenever it is, and they say, and they say, listen, uh, I we know you were just coming in for the, to get the genetics and whether it was a boy or a girl, but um, you know, and after further testing, we realized that, uh, you know, our tech, their glasses were, they had the wrong prescription, and actually there are two babies in there. You're having twins. <laughs> what would your, would you be like? happy or would you be like uh, dreadful kind of you know what would it be- definitely would not be dreadful for me it would just be like whoa ah, double the diaper changing ah, <laughs> crying and stuff i mean i i don't i know this i know it probably isn't the reaction you're looking for but it's just still so uh, abstract just it's just curious. oh yeah well uh, maybe other people would be like this is how i'd feel and they'd have a more definitive idea of how shocking it'd feel it'd be like it if I'm being honest, mostly it's just like, whoa. I mean, it would feel like a whoa, but I don't know if I'm performing the whoa or if I'm just like, okay, okay, two, two mofos. All right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it just, because I, it'd be different if, if we're well along the way and I've picked out a name and I've got like the crib set up and then you go to, now I'm going to feel, because I, I would feel like I'm forming this relationship and now there's a, one that I haven't formed with and I wouldn't know which one and, and then that'd be a weird <laughs> thing. Right now, the there's the relationship is so abstracted mm. that, and, and I am thrilled and super excited, but but the idea of, well, let me put it this way. Like Danielle is, and if she's listening to this, I'm sorry for saying this because I'm not as excited about one particular thing as she is, and that's names. Uh, I will be. I really believe I will be, particularly yeah. once I know the I mean, gender. It's a foregone conclusion, um, right? Bennett, Bennett can be a girl or a boy's name. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have a Bennett for the first time this year, a student. Nice. Yeah, Must spells it the smart, same too. Uh, smart cookie. She, it's a girl. She's a girl, and she okay. seems cool and artsy, and like Bennett. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I told so her, there's precedent. I to- so now, told her you, about you. Now so. it doesn't even matter whether it's your kid is a boy or a girl. Bennett <laughs> just, is a fine name. Definitely, Bennett Junior. You know, Bennett <laughs> Junior. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say this: that the name selection doesn't. Uh, doesn't get me as excited. Like, like I think there's, that's one of the like common areas of like, oh, this will be fun and all of this. No, it and doesn't sound fun I, to me. It, it it just doesn't feel like anything much. Like I think like the idea of it, I understand why it sounds fun to people, and it does sound fun to me. I like phone aesthetics. I like playing with names and the idea of getting to choose. It's an honor. All of this, like I think it would be something I get really excited about, and yet here it is time to play you know and i don't i'm just sort of like i'm not saying to danielle oh i'm not gonna do this it's not exciting like i'll i'll go We're along with it because name. she's excited yeah like, i'm just child. i'm not talking about this right now like it's not like that it's not like i'm resistant it's just that uh you know what you know I don't you know, know. Just, how name names always go in cycles um you know some yes. names are popular and then they go out of fashion you should you should really pick an unpopular name and try to bring it back like rudy or something you know one of the name not that, far off from danielle's philosophy seriously yeah, sort of a classical go. like or like something that 
feels like like a little uh, retro is not the right word, but uh-huh. just classic maybe. Yeah, and uh, that can be both like strong and gentle. You know, it's one of those that all all people want to say their names are both positive. You know, deep and and lighthearted, you know, positive in this domain and positive in the other domain that seems mutually exclusive, you know, everyone just don't, wants to don't say Just don't do it. like a hippie name like Whisper or River no, we, or no, you will Also, flower. you are aligning perfectly with Danielle. She does not want any things like that. I just learned of an actor uh, in a show I was watching. Uh, her name is Angel Theory. Oh my goodness. Um, and I just, I just... This is a real, real person's name, and I kept messing it up and calling her Angel Therapy, and then I just stuck <laughs> with it. And she doesn't—I don't want to be too judgy here because you can actually look her up, but she doesn't seem like she's that healthy. And so, Angel so Therapy—it fits. fits. And right. like—and I also wonder if your name is Angel Theory, your odds are struggling with the mental health might be. Uh, Another thing might be you could consider there. is the name Lil L I L. <laughs> right now, right now, it's very popular in the like rap scene. You've probably yeah. seen that first your name. Take, your take on the rap scene is so. Like, but yeah, anyway. but you could kind of reclaim that name a little bit, you know, because right now it's very pigeonholed, and anyone named Lil is a rapper. They're Lil Wayne, Lil John, so on, Lil Dre. But kind I of think. bring back the Rugrats, like Phil and Lil. <laughs> right, and so you know now it would. Basically, I'm saying you could dilute the stereotype a little bit. Um, and maybe your kid would have it rough for a little while when they say, oh, hey, I'm Lil. And they say, oh, are you a rapper? And they go, no, I'm just, you know, Lil. And <laughs> Particularly for a male, because it could be short for Lily, which is short for Lillian. I'm Lil, short for Lily, short for Lillian. <laughs> okay. Daniel. Um, are, you, uh, are you and Danielle doing anything weird, like playing Third Eye Blind, you know, up to her stomach or anything to you know facilitate the baby's cognitive development anything like that um no uh i would honestly say we've done nothing not particularly yet, unusual um well you know that that study you're referencing was a usa today study playing classical music makes your baby smarter and like they had some data to support mm-hmm. this and it and it turned out it was just yeah it wasn't about the music who, yeah it's just people who read pop psych articles and are willing to implement them are likely to be very responsive parents and responsive parents is like the number one key to being like but let me ask you that's the biggest predictor of success did they test third eye blind (laughs) uh no i don't believe well in that case maybe you should give it a shot I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. There Don't sue us for singing your songs on our popular <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I have not tried that, but I will now. I'm committed. Play it. <laughs> first, put, put it first. Put, put the album on the phonograph and have her stand next to it. You know, just right Daniel, next to the come cones. Here, come here, come here, and I have the headphones ready to put on her belly. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Be really obnoxious this about it. This is for the health of our be- child. <laughs> um, what about uh, putting Danielle on a like a high queso diet or something? You, I mean, certainly since liking cheese is one of your key identity components, you know, you want your kid to, you know, for example, it would be disastrous if your kid was lactose intolerant, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I might be lactose intolerant, I've decided, but like, I don't care. <laughs> like, like I will wreck myself to eat cheese, you know? Like, I might have a mild intolerance. It, like, it kind of tracks with my life and my consumption of cheese, and it just knocks me out and I'm sleepy afterward. But I just, I persevere, you know? Right, right. Um, so the high case, it's funny you say that because there is just an obnoxiously lit, like a list for uh, what foods to avoid while pregnant, like deli meats, uh, you know, sushi, um, cheese is was we thought was one of them. If you do any research, by the way, it falls apart pretty quickly. And tell me this though, mm-hmm. it, if because I'm not scientifically minded, so I don't feel the authority to dismiss because that's a common thing. Hey, don't eat deli meats. And then you look into why, and it's because there is a chance of getting listeria, which is like how many yeah. uh, how many how many people in the United States have died of listeria? Uh, six in a year or something like that. And so right. we're making these like like wild yeah, recommendations. Silly. It's almost silly. And it's not this way in other developed countries that they would just look at you and go, what? Like, <clears throat> well, now I'm asking- pretty sure that, you know, there were some, uh, there, you know, there was some admonition for a while that uh, pregnant mothers shouldn't, you know, they should stay away from peanuts and that, you know, for the peanut allergy has become And now they say huge. you should eat some peanuts, I think. Right. And because people have been avoiding it, you know, the the predominance of uh, peanut allergies has skyrocketed. I think it's some yeah. ridiculous number. And I don't know the number. It's like 15% of people have a peanut allergy or something crazy. Don't, don't quote me on that. Cause I had to, I well, I can tell up, you but. as a teacher, like it just... It's just like food allergies. It's just become a thing. You want to bring it. You want to do a little party, and now you have to like make sure you got your EpiPen. Not that I've ever had to use it, but it's just like we're all like scared a little. It's more more than I've seen it in action. It's more like oh, make sure you don't bring in peanut or have that discussion. It seems to occupy a disproportionate amount of our dialogue around like mm-hmm. you can't just go on a field trip or or bring in a cake anymore or you know bring in it's just like make sure it doesn't have peanuts or make sure or t- talk to all your students and figure out this and get them to sign this waiver and whatever whatever and it just makes you want to go like no parties no no field no trips fun. nothing like just stop yeah. it just stop it you know um, um yeah. you're familiar with Jonathan Haidt's uh anti-fragility idea yes. right yes you should uh, take that on kind of as a guiding principle for your uh, parenthood. Like just basically ex- essentially exposure, broad swaths I... of exposure. Um, you know, what I'm, you know, the allergen thing got me thinking about this. Like, you know, just have Danielle eat a wide variety of foods to make sure that your kid isn't, isn't allergic to anything. Right. Um, yeah, I, just I exposure tend to, agree to a broad, a broad thing. And when we we saw things about cheese, and it turns out it was unpasteurized cheese, which is still silly, by the way. But all Ameri- like cheese in America is pretty much pasteurized, right. and so she has been eating a lot of queso. But I like your anti fragility <laughs> guiding principle for for child rearing in general and during pregnancy. And the book that I'm reading that I enjoy the most is Bringing Up Bebe, which I thought I was not going to like, but David got it for me actually. And I thought, like, you know, honestly, when he makes book recommendations, he's, he tends to be spot on. So shout out to David. Anyway, it's about a, uh, an American woman who, like, just noticed in France that, like, babies tend to go to sleep earlier. They take no for an answer. There's just a lot of, like, that seem to be beyond, like, what are they doing differently? And it's really not about uh, a philosophy or a culture as much as it is a complete and utter perspective shift on what a baby is and how we as Americans, like, tend to... Uh, like 
kind of operate from a neurotic standpoint and like mm-hmm. sort of the opposite of anti-fragility, I guess, fragility standpoint. Yeah, and helicopter parenting, and, basically. And when, yeah, the, the classic helicopter parenting. And I'm, I'm kind of giving you just the briefest of overviews because I don't want to talk about it a bunch. But um, the French form of parenting and Jonathan Haidt's anti-fragility seems so in line. And I'm it's the first, I told you I was sampling a bunch of books and going, okay, okay, you mm-hmm. know. And, and kind of putting them down, either because it was too scientific and and sort of a catch-all. Here are the bajillion things that can go wrong during pregnancy. And it's like, okay, well, that might be true, but do I need to read about all of those? Is that going to do anything for my journey? Like, not really. Yeah. And then this book just grabbed me immediately, both in narrative form and just like philosophy that felt aligned with me. And I never thought I'd really... You know, I just... I, I'm a good American, so I hate the French. Um, but... <laughs> But but in all seriousness, like reading about some of their philosophy or paradigm shift or, or how they view kids, I guess I should say, is uh, so in line with what I want to do. And so uh, that's the book I'm kind of like, in, I'm, I'm intaking right now. Um, so yeah, so that's enough about me and, uh, and my future, baby. Um, I'm sure what, uh, uh, I'm sure things will get more interesting uh, once yeah, the baby, yeah. you know, becomes, you know, becomes a baby. Uh, I mean, I'm so thrilled. I'm excited and all the things. And I'm like, should I start a blog and just like (laughs) do like dad, dad, teacher dad thoughts or something? I don't know, some combination or some or whatever. But right now, to be frank, it's just like, how can I just be supportive? Like Danielle is more exhausted than I've ever seen her ever. And I talk like it's a fatigue that's a little different. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's just. And so actually being a good husband right now is somewhat simple it's just like hey i'll take care of the dishes right now or I'll, I'll carry that weight i'll carry the the things that you're too tired to do and that's actually simple and i actually feel helpful so it's like it's nice because i'm doing the right thing it's clear we're not there's no guesswork it's just like she's exhausted let her rest and i can tell that it's like not like she's not hamming it up or something like that mm-hmm. so so it's so easy so other than that, like it's abstract and I'm super excited and I'm reading books, but there's not like an experience to tell you about, you know, that's like, wow, this really shaped and changed the way I perceive the world. Now right. it's just like, woohoo, I've always wanted to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, so. pretty lame so far. <laughs> Disappointing so far. Pretty lame. Um, so uh, what, uh, you know, that's a big thing going on in my life. What, uh, what big things you got going on in your life? Oh, well, you uh you're having a baby. Uh, well, I've uh, news. Um, I I went on another hike this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, uh, I don't well, mean to laugh. It's not funny that you went on a hike. It's just the, the <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the comparison. It's not a big epic tale like the like the last one. Uh, but apparently, I do have really bad luck with the weather. Um, you know, last time when I got to the top, I, you know, I got hailed on and this right. time it rained essentially all day. Um, and I, on my phone, there's a thing that'll tell the weather and the, and so I don't know if you've what? heard of this. <laughs> yeah. You call yeah, yeah. some number. No, no, no. There's this thing called the weather channel, but they've actually kept up to date with like an app. It's called I don't an get app. TV. APP. I don't get it's TV short on my Apple. phone. No, no, no. An app application is short. It's like you download it and it'll tell you, and then you'll know the weather for the most part. So you should try that. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. 
asshole, I did uh, <laughs> do that. I looked at the weather forecast and it said uh, like 10% chance of rain for the for, from, from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a big deal. Uh, right. And so I drove to the trailhead, which is like an hour and a half away, uh, and it was raining. And I was like, well, no big deal. I'll take my umbrella with me, and I'll only have to use it for the first hour you know, of walking, maybe. But, of course, that was not true. The weathermen are liars. Um, and it rained basically the whole time. Uh, and so – and it was a 17-mile hike, so it was a lot. <laughs> Wait a second. So I'm, I'm, an umbrella is sort of to get from the building to your car right. or maybe well, a few blocks down this. I mean, the idea of just like, at what point? Because I just had this feeling you did not go on a 17-mile hike with the umbrella out. Right? I did. Well, like, not the whole – well, you know, it wasn't pouring down rain. It, it it varied from sprinkle to shower. It never really got more severe than shower. Um, most of the time it was at the sprinkle level. But when okay. you're – walking for nine hours in sprinkle you know that's you're gonna get drenched yes um, so Weird, I did have, right so there wasn't a moment where you were all of a sudden drenched it was sort of slowly and then yeah perpetually and, <laughs> and the umbrella so i did have the umbrella out a lot of the time and i gather so i didn't think it was that maybe i thought it was a little quirky at first to go hiking with an umbrella um <laughs> but everyone that i passed there were other people out in this horrible hiking weather everyone laughed at me <laughs> everyone that I passed <laughs> laughed at me but it, like they would be a long ways away and as I could start to see their face I would see them smiling as it I you know as I stroll up with an umbrella, umbrella. <laughs> in like Presumably the wilderness woods yeah in the woods, I mean like so we're like, talking yeah. like mountaintop like like meadow things and here I come walking and I see them like hundreds of feet away, smiling at me already. And I was like, <laughs> and as I get close, I already know they're laughing. And I say, oh, "Nice weather we're having, isn't it?" And <laughs> and they would laugh and say, "Nice umbrella, man." I'd be like, "Thanks, it's my hiking umbrella." It's and, my hiking umbrella. <laughs> well, I mean, um, do you found? Do you, did was it effective? Yes. Yeah, I would have been more miserable without it. If I had not brought the umbrella, then my head would have been wet. Now, I did find that there's really no avoiding the water because there's a lot of plant growth. And, like, so the plants are all wet. And when you brush against them, they dump all of their water on you. So, like, basically, I was drenched uh, from the, you know, from the belly down, you know, wherever the plant growth was. Um, before too long, but the umbrella did keep my head and shoulders dry, which was, you know, that was nice. It wasn't, and it wasn't an uncomfortable temperature. It was a little cold and windy at the top, but, um, otherwise it was pretty comfortable. So actually like the water didn't significantly dampen, well, uh, no pun intended, didn't significantly dampen my enjoyment of the hike. Um, and in fact, the atmosphere was, it was kind of neat hiking around and it was very misty and cloudy so all the peaks i'm picturing a floaty mist almost that's how it was yeah where sometimes it's almost going up or at least appears that way yes yeah that's exactly right yeah you could see it kind of rising and there was this one uh peak mountain peak that like the 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 wind was blowing slightly in one direction and so all the mist and cloud was like huddled behind the peak you know in the lee of it where the wind couldn't quite reach it and it looked just looked really cool so that was uh that was my that was my experience. So basically like I'm having a baby. 
<laughs> a sort baby of, of expe- experience. I did have one baby work. of an experience. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I can't help but think like like a test case or a case study or something where you would you'd have your umbrella and presumably you're wearing a comfortable probably cotton shirt and yeah. pants or whatever and I would have likely no umbrella and like my techie shirt and like a techie dad hat thing that would keep the wind out of or water out of my face and maybe shoulders area but like I'm just curious which would be more effective because there's a clear shield of an umbrella and then there's the quick drying nature of techie material that like I, I don't know I don't know but just I'm struck by you taking this and it's and everyone else was clearly struck by you using this umbrella to any effect for for that long, you know. Um, I don't really understand why. I mean, I don't really understand why umbrellas are meant for when it rains, and that's what, what that's what was happening. So it worked. Well, what's funny to me too is I thought you and I have a similar like. I very rarely it can be rain. Well, well, me it's too. I frequently, and I don't use one. To I don't car. either. I just like. Well, yeah. that's because I'm walking like a few feet, you know, and so I don't mind if I get a little a little wet. But this time, I wasn't just walking a few feet. I was walking, you know, whatever thousands of feet, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I thought, well, you know, I'll bring the umbrella. I have a backpack on, so you know, if I'm not using it, I'll just put it in the backpack. No big deal. It's a small umbrella. Nope. It was the one that I keep in my car. You know, it's not I was about a, to say. So a it, big it, size. It in. It doesn't just sort of yeah, fold down. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, uh, it, it, you know, it, cr- it crunches down smaller than a water bottle, you know? Yeah. And so it, yeah. It, was not, it wasn't one of those huge ones that are like a, you know, pole or whatever. Um, it wasn't like that big. It was a small, personal-sized umbrella. Weirdly, I think it could be just as, if not more effective on a hike in like Tucson or something like with the sun yeah, beating the sun down off. and using it just as a sun. Yeah. A sun shield or something like that. But I mean, I guess a hat does, well, I don't know your arms and stuff. Your hat's just not going to shield your arms and whole, whole upper body the way I think, no. you know, an umbrella would. So yeah, I, uh, I, I put on sunscreen and I, I got some sunglasses you know, finally I'm not a sunglasses person either, but oh, yeah. I figured did you reorder. Yeah, I did yeah. reorder. And, um, you know, so I brought them with me, but they were no, they were no use this time. Yeah. Uh, the sun was not, funny. was not out. Aside um, from the mist and the umbrella, was it, um, and you said it was a pleasurable hike. Do yeah, you, it, was, it was just really was long. Similar to having a baby in which there's just not that much oh, to yeah, say. Like, absolutely. You personally really enjoyed it, but like, you know, it's just like, there's not, you know. Um, yeah, I guess there's not too much to say. I didn't intend to, ha- you know, make some big tail out of this anecdote. Uh, it was just a long, long hike. My legs are sore. It's probably the longest hike I've ever done. Seventeen miles is pretty, pretty long. That sounds exhausting. But it was a a big loop and really nice and scenic. It would have been even more scenic if I could have seen past the clouds to like the the big mountains and stuff. But um, I, one thing I was surprised at was there was still snow up there even now. Like I thought it would all be gone by late August, but there was still some up there. I guess that stuff just doesn't doesn't melt. Yeah. Um, all the way. Maybe it just never melts, right? Maybe not. I, mean, if I don't it, know. If it's not in August, if you have snow on the mountains in August, when when is it? Like when? When's it gonna melt? Like yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's not gonna do it. Saw a moose. Another moose. I've seen Dangerous. a lot of a lot of meese. Uh, a lot of meese. I've seen three meese on hikes this year already. So. 
They're out there. They're out there. Can you do your best Meese impression? Yeah. Or just one. Just do Moose. I'll do it right now. That was it. Yeah, I saw one once and it did the same, made the same sound, you know, in Alaska, actually. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, the ones I've seen didn't make any uh, noises. So they didn't like charge me or anything fun like that. They just kind of stood there and looked at me. Yeah, that's probably the best way. That's the best interaction you could have with a, with a moose. Probably so. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I finished a show uh, that I'm actually really, really glad to be done with, uh, The Walking Dead. Um, I want to to chat about zombies, but I'm going to give you a really quick... It was 11 seasons. At its height, it was around season 4 and 5, and had 17 million viewers per episode, and dwindled down to about 1 million wow so and apparently it was a 94 percent like loss of audience wow so they, um, they must have really jumped the shark absolutely and then what's interesting is there was like a season around 10 or so that was pretty dang good but it didn't matter kind of yeah. thing you know and uh and for the season finale there were two million viewers uh, it was like last year maybe two years ago um and it's one of the greater problems it's it's emblematic of like not telling a story and then ending it. It's more wanting to franchise it. And it's had like more than five little spinoff shows, stuff that have been unsuccessful. And there's two more coming out. It's just ridiculous. Ugh, what a shame. Um, and so it just won't tell it. Because like, when you have a story like this with an ensemble cast, you, cast you really, there are characters you really enjoy, but it don't feel like when you're just there to exist, you're uh, treating them respectfully. So it's very frustrating. And also the shtick about zombies can get old like how many zombies can you kill in creative ways and yep. you know, how many traps can they be put in so you really it is a story obviously about how sometimes people are worse the the there's things greater <laughs> than the walking dead to fear yeah. um, but uh i want to talk about zombies in general but i want to your opinion on the the genre first we can talk about i guess the real world scenarios i suppose but like do you think one of the first questions they ask is like, should we use the word zombie in our, you know, movie or TV show or whatever? And like, what do you think it says about a zombie show that or movie that does use the word zombie and one that doesn't? Yeah. And then how? What's the best way to go? And how do you, how do I approach that? Um, full disclosure, I am very negatively disposed towards zombies. Why uh, is that? I don't. I just find them boring. I find I just find zombies totally uninteresting. If I hear that something has zombies, it's an instant turn off, and you're battling uphill for my attention. So does the Similar. aesthetic even of like the yeah. you know, hands on the glass uh, window? You can't the the frosted glass. You can imagine right this yeah. almost classic in their hand, and there's like blood and them going. Yeah, or whatever. It's just, just so like so boring. Like I just it, like you're just not gonna excite me that way. It's similar to like I have. I have a similar, um, similar aversion to uh, post-apocalyptic settings, and so there's some overlap. You know, like if you have zombies, you're probably post-apocalyptic in a way. Uh, not not Maybe necessarily. Maybe it's because it's, it's lazy writing, relying on setting or scenario instead of good characters. That's not entirely true, though. You that's like sci-fi totally. stuff, and yeah, yeah, that's not totally so. it. I think it's that like, well, for for zombies and post-apocalyptic, there are. Um, there are pieces of entertainment that end up being good, even though they're post-apocalyptic zombie stuff. 
I don't know that I've ever seen a zombie <laughs> piece of media that has turned out being good because of its zombiness, you know? Like, I have seen post-apocalyptic stuff that, you know, initially I was like, oh, post-apocalyptic, we'll see how this goes. And then I watch it, and they actually do a decent job, and I go, okay, well, that's not so bad. Zombies, the, I tried to rack my brain and think about all the zombie stuff I've seen, and the only zombie thing that I could think of that I liked was Left for Dead, the video game. And I only liked it because of gameplay, not because of the setting. It could have been, like, you know elves coming after you or something and i would have liked it just as much if not more the zombie stuff just kind of takes takes away from it what do you think sets you apart from maybe general cultural infatuation or is it true that we've all experienced that malaise of like over i mean i think we overdid the zombie thing you know yeah. like there were, it was just it was so big around i'd say 2010 i mean it's, it, honestly it was the break the walking dead that that kind of brought it in back into popularity and we're probably at a low point right now for good reason thank goodness of 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 our interest and probably in 10 years it'll be back to be but like okay so what so why do people like it then give it its best shot like give right. it a good shake yeah, yeah. Down. i was thinking about that too like there there is the idea of all right the zombie a zombie horde or a zombie virus outbreak or however they cash the um the infestation like it's an implacable threat, and so it's different than having like a villain or an antagonist who has a goal, um, or you know some kind of motives. It's just pure inhuman, inarticulate adversary, and so that means that you you can put all of the creative focus on your protagonists, on your characters, right? And you do, yeah. you don't have to characterize the bad guys. So that makes it kind of easy in a way. It also, in my opinion, makes it lack uh, sophistication. Uh, like right, that's, it could be lazy if you. That's just that's say, why hey, I don't let's like have it. Some tension-filled moments where they're caught in a car or an elevator or you name it. You yeah, know, and which, I just don't care about that. So like that's why I don't like it. But I think you know I can acknowledge that maybe that's a draw for some people. It's easy, you know, they don't have to think about it too much. They can just say, "Oh, here come the zombies! Don't let them bite you!" And you know lock the doors or whatever and and there you go voila you have tension you have your action set pieces um you know maybe another thing too that's a draw is that it lets people dispense with all of the societal norms and rules because you know zombies are out there so you're not going to like you know get up and commute to work and sit at your desk you know, all yeah, day yeah. while the zombies thing's going. No, you're going to go take over the hardware store and, you know, situate on the roof and with your shotguns and barricade it up and have your vigilantes selling water jugs and stuff, it's you know, absolutely whatever. absolutely similar to the post-apocalyptic, right? Like, let's yes. return to our core. Like, yes. Can you survive? Right. And, and again, uh, I find that very tiresome. Like... It's just kind of like maybe I think it's the people who really like it are the kind of anarchy fetishists. They love the yeah. idea of anarchy, Mad Max type stuff. And I just yeah, find society that, has crumbled. And yeah. now, what are you made of when you don't have those supports in place? I just find it tiresome. Not not very interesting to me. I mean, you I, know, I, I'm not I'm not bashing people who do like it necessarily. You know, I'm I will certainly bash people that uh, 
have inferior opinions, but this isn't one that I, <laughs> I just think this is a different opinion, not really necessarily inferior. I don't, I don't hold a grudge against uh, people who like zombies. It's just not for me. I think they they tend to be portrayed not always as sort of slow moving and that encroaching sense of yep. doom that they can present is interesting too because you can all right they are close but you can distance yourself but where are you going to go and yeah, what are you going to they're do they're implacable right and implacable you have to is the best word for it yeah right and um, that's the thing, slow versus fast moving zombie like that we'll see this whole discussion this whole dichotomy all of this do you have the slow moving zombies or the fast moving zombies are you going to call them zombies or are you going to call them infected um yeah what, like, what's the internal consistency of it yeah it like, doesn't yeah. matter that's the thing like you can call them mushroom people or fungus heads or whatever they're still zombies and everyone knows they're zombies you look at it and you go oh, this is a zombie movie right and everyone knows so when you asked me earlier should they use the word zombies you might as well like if you're making a zombie movie, you might as well embrace it and just you know go ahead and go ahead and put put it out there. Um, the Walking Dead never said the word zombies, and they called them walkers. But interestingly enough, when they met up with other factions of people, they had different names for them. Um, you know, just I'm trying to think of some. There were whispers. Well, that was actually another clan who would try to to herd the zombies and. Um, but anyway, they all had their unique names for them, and they were all cheesy, usually two yeah. syllables, E-R-S is the ending of them. Oh. Um, but when hmm. I found the first few seasons that were good were like the internal conflict of the group, which you can imagine, right? They're having to make decisions, and they're disagreeing with those decisions and what's best. Um, and then, um, and obviously zombies, the external conflict there. Um, and then... There was there were some good. The show seemed to decide that it had to have other factions that have to be enemies, you know, because mm-hmm. the people who were left in the world by after many years were sort of hardened and or either got in with a leader who was very hardened and yeah. would just like, take charge and be brutal uh, in various forms. And so that was interesting to see, almost like okay, who's the? They wouldn't do it quite like a here's a here's a bad guy for a season. But they did have like one that was really well done. That was uh, over a several season story. Um, but ultimately, it's just like I imagine it's honestly difficult just to put everyone in makeup and bash out brains and yeah. kill them in creative ways. And the, they were so mushy. The, the the consistency of the zombie, they would just stab them and it would they die. So like, or they'd pull people apart. This is classic, I guess. But it's frustrating when your characters die and they start pulling at their stomach and their innards immediately yeah. come out. Like, <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? Like, it's just silly. Like, what are these people made of? What's going <laughs> on? Um, and it was really gory and really, I mean, the, the show did a good job, Game of Thrones-esque in, in, in killing off. You never, these, the, there was real, you were tense in these moments because they would kill off characters because you had an ensemble cast and you could take out someone you cared about. So you didn't know if this was a real threat. Is this a real threat? The answer is yes, it is a real threat. Instead of, ah, it's a TV show, they'll all get away miraculously. Um, But that's also frustrating. Yeah, it's subversive in a way. They did did some, once it jumped ship, it was like faking deaths. One character you were certain. They literally did this, a character you really cared about and then one you didn't care about so much. They were trapped on the top of a garbage uh, uh, dumpster and 
one just the the one he didn't care about decides to commit suicide and as he dies he collapses um and he knocks off your your favorite one of our favorite characters who then is uh, zombies you actually see them tear into him and it pans up like aerial yeah. shot of his face as his, he's being ripped but then it's a couple episodes later you realize that the guy who committed suicide fell on top of him and they were ripping his body and not our main character's body. And that is just unforgivable writing. That is, that is, that was the, like, I went back and looked why did, like, when did it jump the shark kind of thing? And a lot of people cited that. You just started, because other than that, the writing had been good and crisp and all of that, but then they started doing fake out deaths and cheap writing tactics and clearly just kind of world building. Who can we give a spinoff to here and there? And that is just... Uh, that's my greater gripe, not yeah. with zombie stuff, but like storytelling right yeah. now. Is that's like, my that's my story. That's know? my gripe yeah. with a lot of. I mean, I haven't watched TV in any real sense in years at this point, and a lot of the reason is because, and maybe I just got spoiled by Breaking Bad and stuff, where it seems like okay, we have a story we're gonna tell, we have the arc, and when the arc ends, well, the show ends, right? Like, and that's how a story should be. You don't drag it out. Like, they didn't do To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, serial tack-on DLC episodes or whatever at the end, you know. Like, you tell a story, and when it's over, it's over. Do you... Let me me throw this thought at you. I think we've always craved to belong to part of a greater cultural stuff. Not every single person, some more than others, but like you used to in the maybe like 50s and 60s, you could listen to the radio and then have a conversation about music and what was out there within it. You could be a music buff because it was knowable and it wasn't so daunting. And when you talk to other people, you would talk about the same artists, not mm-hmm. just genre, but you would talk about the same artists and songs. Yeah. And, and same with TV for a long time. There was only a certain amount of channels and a certain amount of shows and a certain amount of actors on screen. And you, so we're all participating in the same cultural conversations. And now, and I, and I theorized this a while ago, like when, when there'd be something trending like planking or something would go viral to participate in these challenges, the ice bucket challenge and things yep. like that, to, because we all want to participate. Um, I think it's, it's tapping. We have a need to want to participate and so Marvel Comics or whatever, like the whole point, obviously it's money, right? How many, how many of these things can we mm-hmm. crank out? But the pleasure we're receiving is, oh, it is conceivable to go watch 20 movies or whatever. That's not too daunting. I don't want to do it because I don't like Marvel movies. But like, right. it's not too daunting if I wanted. And then when I see Easter eggs or references, I just go, I know yep. that. And yep, it just, yep. It's the simple you feel you get the illusion of participation and you go i know that and like that's what, so they're instead of telling good stories they're te- they're giving you lots of i know that moments and that's sad in this that's sad for the story and yep. great for the for the i know that people <laughs> well it in <laughs> the same seen that before <laughs> like what that's why you're making this so i can say that <laughs> like in the same way that you know we've complained about sequelitis and reboots you know, there's nothing original anymore. People just remake the stuff that was once successful. This is a way that even if you do happen to make something kind of new, then you're still just building on the, I know that parts from <laughs> other similar movies, right? And so you can never just separate yourself and make something brand new and original, it seems. 
Uh, it's I always did, derivative. We're on to it. I'm, we're on to it, and I'm having some faith that shows will go, you know what? Like, let me pitch this as an alternative and how things I predict and hope will unfold. Here's my, the optimist in me. That you get someone like Christopher Nolan or a Ryan Murphy or a Wes Anderson or whoever, and we and, and everyone's on to this sort of... Uh, money grubbing create franchises upon franchises and connect them all and do you know all that and people are done with that they just want they really are craving good stories so something like breaking bad still remains culturally relevant because there just haven't been that many self-contained solid stories and yeah there was a movie here and there but they definitely did things with quality and better call saul was legitimately amazing so no one's complaining about those because they didn't they took their time they told a what five season four season whatever arc and we're done Mm -hmm. um i think that the direct it'd be a healthier direction to say to your Wes Andersons or your Christopher Nolans, tell your story, make your movie, make your miniseries, be done with it. And then, so now it's just like, oh, Christopher Nolan has a new thing out. I want to explore that. So we almost are treating them as the franchises or whatever. Yeah. That, might, that might bury other people that could create interesting things because we're only wanting to go see the Quentin Tarantinos of the world. And that I don't think that's problem. true. But I don't think that I don't think happen. it's true either. I don't. I, I. I really like the idea of instead of trying to tell the same stories and squeeze it for every drop it's worth. It's like no, tell unique stories. But let me trust the storyteller. I suppose is the way to frame it. It's like this is a good storyteller. So whatever story you got for me, I'm willing to take a risk. You know. Right. No, I totally agree with that. And you know, you could say the same thing about you know video games uh, and video game developers like. Yeah, we know what developers have talent and an ability, so why don't we let them make something new instead of milking the same old franchises repeatedly? Yeah. Um, here's an idea. Uh, you know, maybe it's too much to ask of Hollywood and the uh, the creative types to just make something original. So maybe they could take baby steps and take my idea of genre twist, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite ideas, and so they could take zombies for instance and instead of having it be a survival horror genre twist it make it zombie uh, an inspirational family zombie sports film you know or something <laughs> like imagine the blind side or something like that with a zo- with a zombie cast or like the underdog zombie baseball team <laughs> trying to make it to the you know the world series or whatever you could see that and throwing the fastball and his arm falls off and it's like, oh, and the crowd is all jeering and booing and everything. But then, you know, they learn how to pitch better or something. And, you know, you could see, yeah, it, it writes itself. It writes itself, zombie, you see. It writes itself. The zombie being teased in school. And yeah. It lowers its shoulder and it and its furrow brow and right. then its head rolls off because it's so sad. Oh, and you're yeah. like, oh. You could do zombie soap operas. Um <laughs> You could have uh, a reality show. Uh, think about it. Zombie dating. It, it, you could have the talking heads Zombie and everything. Feud. Oh, it could actually be called The Talking Dead. That would be great. That would be a great <laughs> title for it. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but there was an after show, Walking Dead after show that would, was called The Talking Dead. Ah, and well, it would, and that I never watched it, by the way. Sucks it, that they stole my pun. <laughs> but this would, this would be actually like... 
this was this was becoming common practice was just like to have a show after the show to talk about the show and sometimes have actors on there and sometimes just have fans speculate and have fan theories and all that how i kind of like that i mean that's i if it's I good you know if it's i a don't, go- i think you would have been really put off by it i had a very e hollywood te- oh, like yeah. z t teams tmz i don't know I had this just sort Whatever. of cheap plasticky flashy like but the idea of like engaging in that conversation is not bad um but i don't know i don't know i think i think it went the whole time because it was cheap to make you could literally have like one dude as a host and you know have some polls and stuff whatever there were some uh fantastic behind the scenes for lord of the rings um which is uh like if you i know that you have not you're you've not read lord of the rings you're not seeing the movies all the way or something you're like not a real english teacher because you haven't (laughs) actually embarked on that journey um you're missing a huge part of the canon but the behind the scenes for those movies was fantastic tons of hours and like very uh they always had the cameras rolling kind of behind the scenes on set and got a lot of time with the actors and how they trained them to do all their stunts and all that good stuff and all the sets and everything it's great behind the scenes so it Best. felt almost like reality show, but not in the like. I'm. It wasn't hammed my up. Wife's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. No, it wasn't hammed up like that, and you didn't have like some a documentary like, about the movie. Is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. You, it wasn't like some washed out like uh like the host from American Idol or something like sitting down on the couch and giving them the interviews. It wasn't like yeah, that. It was absolutely a couch with bright lights and some polite pumped in applause. You know that. Kind yes, of I'm not into that. Head. But you're, but a documentary style thing. I think any show I would appreciate. Yeah. Any, any show I like, I would appreciate behind the scenes. Would Would you say with Lord of the Rings, was it also doing some voiceover stuff, or was it just like a guy? Like, they did hey, have. Here, take a look at this, or was it just a little bit of everything? They They did have audio tracks. Um, I don't find those very interesting to watch. Like with where they bring the actors in to watch the movie again and talk about it. This was yeah. like this is not while the movie is playing. This is like the movies are like three hours, and this. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's that's all. Enjoy your baby. Enjoy your baby. I'll enjoy my baby. Enjoy your that it, reflecting on some mist on, that you had on a walk. I will. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>